What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 102 of the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. This week, we're going to talk about Blake's season. He just bucked out, so he's had a great season already. Uh, we're going to get into that, talk about a couple of the bucks that he shot, kind of his plan going in, how he executed on it, all that kind of stuff, what he learned from this year, and then what we're going to do going forward. We'll get into that a little bit as well. But first, don't forget about our partners for the podcast, our longest-standing partner being Grandpa Ray Outdoors, where actually Buck, sh- Buck shot. Blake shot one of his bucks on a Grandpa Ray Outdoors food plot, and we'll talk a little bit about that when we get into it. But if you guys haven't heard of them, if you ain't been listening to the podcast, they specialize in providing the best nutrition for white-tailed deer on your property, starting with the soil. They've got a full line of high-quality food plot seed and plant foods with over 14 different food plot blends to choose from. You're not going to have any trouble finding what you're looking for, whether that be corn and beans, liquid fertilizers, soil test kits. They've got spring and fall blends. When it comes to food plots, they've pretty much got it. Um, They were started in 2015, but John O'Brien up there has been in the seed nutrition business since 1991, and they're not just about selling their products. Their customer service is second to none. They're going to answer any questions you have about what blends would be best for your specific property. That way you can achieve the best results possible. They're going to treat you individually, so they're not going to tell you to plant the same thing in northern Iowa that they would in southern Georgia or different soil types and all that stuff. Uh, if you want to, go to their website, grandpaoreyoutdoors.com, and use their discount code RHOPODCAST. That's all lowercase, no space, and you get 5% off your order there. Or we're also a dealer for them, so you can come in and order anything when it gets to that time. Before you know it, it's going to be time to get some clover stuff in, uh, and he's got some good clover blends as well. We have our Ridge Hunter one. But if you're wanting to do that, you know it's right around the corner, time to order that stuff to get frost seeding done. So don't forget about him when you do that and that discount code. Our other partner for the podcast is Rodney Hawkins. And again, if you guys have been listening, you know about Rodney probably. But if you haven't, if you guys are looking for your own piece of ground to manage and hunt, he's going to be the guy to talk to. He grew up hunting and fishing in southern Illinois, and now he's putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. Now, Midwest Farm and Land isn't your average real estate company. They sold over $85 million worth of ground in 2022 with agents like Rodney all over Illinois, really a local company with a national reach. For more info on them, you can contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153, and he'll get you taken care of. He's also got his own business called RG Outdoors. He's currently got products from Radix Hunting. He's got Tacticam trail cameras. I know how much everybody loves those. He's going to be your dealer for those if you're in Southern Illinois. Go see him. He's also got an all-natural scent elimination product called Camo Dust that you should check out, see if it works for you. Any of that stuff that you're interested in or any of the new stuff he might be coming up with soon, you can find on their Facebook page, send them a message through there. It's RG Outdoors. You can email them at rgoutdoors at yahoo.com. Or again, just call Rodney directly at 618-925-3153. Our social media pages are Ridge Hunter Outdoors. It's Instagram and Facebook. We do have a private Facebook group for listeners of the podcast. It's called RHO Podcast Patrons. You can go in there, treat it like a normal hunting group, share your success, your failures, stuff you've learned, products you like, all that kind of stuff. And you can have some input on the podcast as well. So if you have a guest coming up, you can ask them questions on there. You can tell us who you'd like to have on. You can ask us questions to answer on the podcast. Tell us topics you want us to discuss. All that kind of stuff is in that group, RHO Podcast Patrons. Our website is richhunteroutdoors.com. If you find anything on there you like, whether it be the all-natural scent products, the Bucker Doe Tarsal Spray, the Calming Spray, uh, our apparel on there, our food plot blend, which is clover and chicory and some alfalfa, you can use the discount code RHOPOD, that's all caps, no space, and you get 10% off your entire order. If you're listening on Apple Podcast or Spotify or anywhere else for that matter, follow us, subscribe, whatever it is, and leave a review. That really helps us out, and it doesn't take but like 10 seconds of your time. The YouTube channel is Ridge Hunter Outdoors too. You can find the podcasts on there. You can also find our new fall series, Fall Pursuit, 
where we're putting up all our hunts. You'll be able to see the recovery of Blake's first buck and then some stuff from his hunt that he just had where he bucked out on. Um, we're going to do that all through the season. I'm not sure how late into the season we'll go. We'll just play it by ear there. But that's where you can find that and all our other YouTube content as well. It's on Rich Hunter Outdoors. That's our channel. Subscribe to that. Hit the like button. Appreciate everybody who has already done that. Now, all that said, let's get into episode number 102 with Blake Garrett. This is the Rich Hunter Outdoors podcast. All right, so Blake's in studio with us. He's probably going to be, I'd say this won't be his last time on. Probably have him on more coming up because he's been, already been a big part of the Fall Pursuit series. If you guys have been watching that, if you haven't, go check it out because I've been pretty happy with how it's turned out so far. We were kind of talking about it earlier. Like, I didn't want to put out something that was, you know, not great quality. And I'm not saying it's the best out there, but I think we're doing all right. You know, we're learning our way through it. You, you Blake, and... Nate have some filming experience. I have a little bit, not as much as you guys do. Definitely not as much as Nate with that kind of stuff. But we're mostly new to it, so it's been kind of a fun experience. But again, if you guys have been watching that, you've seen Blake get on some really nice deer, and he's now bucked out. He just killed his biggest, not biggest buck, biggest buck today. Biggest archery deer. Biggest archery deer to date. On the third. The third. So it'll have been three days ago when this comes out. Yeah. But Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So let's go all the way back, though. This was on episode one of Fall Pursuit. We did the recovery yeah. um, on the first buck you shot, which is a really solid eight point. Mm-hmm. So that's a deer you had been watching in the evenings. That wasn't the deer I was actually in there after. Right. Yeah. I, I was sitting up about a, I don't know, half mile away just watching these deer that week. Mm-hmm. And that was not the deer I was after. Because yeah, we were getting Snapchats like yeah. every night you were yeah. finding these deer. Yeah, I'm like. I'm going to go in there and kill that 10-pointer that I'm watching. And I was eyeing this 8-pointer. I'm like, he don't look bad. I didn't see him in person to really determine if I'd shoot him or not. But mm-hmm. So I didn't have permission for this ground until opening day. Right. After church, I went out there and asked, got permission from the guy. And by the grace of God, I he gave me it. I couldn't believe it. I about died. Right. But, yeah, so that story's crazy, that hunt. Um mm-hmm been nuts i have it on camera but it's been awfully gory because i cut my finger off almost <laughs> yeah but that was another snapchat we got was your finger about bleeding out yeah i was like all right let's just start from the store beginning of this yep i th- what, what was it that day like 91 degrees it was hot yeah really hot. I, opening day this fat boy does not like that <laughs> yeah. i was soaked in yep. sweat because you were hanging out in too right yeah i mean i was going 100 mobile took my lone wolf with four sticks Mm-hmm. You found a tree on this point where they were just curving around. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is where I want to be. Good cover. I think it only went like three sticks high. But after the first stick, I realized I needed my handsaw. And I reached in my pack to get it. Mm-hmm. The old handsaw's not there no more. I remembered that thing's at home. So I was able to call Nate quietly. And thankfully, he wasn't hunting. He was doing daddy stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know what. But I called him up and said, hey. Meet me at the road and bring me your handsaw and your shears. He's like, well, hi. I'm like, because I don't got mine. <laughs> so, I don't know, 15 minutes later he showed up, and thankfully I started early because mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be, it's first day, everything goes south quickly when you're trying to set up. Yep, yep. Let alone Always hanging does. 
let alone hanging hunts. On a property you've never been on before. Yeah, I mean, it was a disaster. <laughs> yeah. So I got that. Get slipped back in there again. And I don't know. After I got the second stick hung, I was hanging on to a limb, and I was cutting limb above that. Well, I got through it real easy. It did not get th- through uh, my bone very easy on my knuckle. <laughs> through it hard enough, easy enough that you got all the way to your finger. Yeah, yeah. like it got bad. Like it was just blood all over the place. I-, I could see my knuckle when I was just flexing my finger real good. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, this goes this hunt. There goes this spot. It's ruined on day one. <laughs> yeah, blood all over the place. Yeah, they're going to think, wow, what happened? Yeah. Bigfoot must be around here somewhere. <laughs> Someone stuck him. Yeah. And I would be nice to shoot him if he was real. I mean, hey. <laughs> I'm sure there's a nice payday on the other There's, end. It's kind of like elk. There's no season for him. So, like, I mean, hey. Dude, bring him on. Yeah. We'll try him. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I'm finally, I don't know, 15 minutes after trying to doctor this blood just squirting out of my knuckle. Uh, I finally get my tree hung. I think I was only 15 feet in the air, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was that high, if I remember right. No, oh, no, I, I was, saw the stand when we came back. Yeah, it was. I went straight to the cover. That's all. That's all you need to just get the cover. Yep, and good backdrop. Mm-hmm. So I get in there, uh, sit there. Well, combine decided to start just across the road that hadn't been there. I'm like, well, that might. I don't think that'll bug them. Right. Well, that goes on. Some does start filtering out of the woods real good. I'm like, all right, here they come. They're gonna go around this point like. They like you've been, been watching them. Yeah, well, that did not happen. They decided just to bed out there in the middle of the field. So I'm like, why not? That, that's different. Right. So I'm like, I didn't think nothing of it. Well, I think it was about, I think it was about 6.30, the combine shut right across the road, decided to stop, and they wanted to clean it off real good. So they took hammers to every shield and panel they could on that thing because it's an old, old combine, so mm-hmm. she's seen some age, and nothing comes off easy, so. You got to persuade it a little. Yeah, they did a lot of persuading, all right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, well, this goes my night. Because he had the bit. Both bucks have been coming out at 620. Mm-hmm. Like, I had them timed. Yep. Perfect. Well, it's, so this was the second major setback. Oh, yeah. It was Potentially. Just, yeah. It was like, well. Oh, well, let's call it the third because you forgot the saw, you cut your finger, and now the guys are out yeah. there. Well, it gets better. Playing drums on their combine. Oh, yeah. It gets better. I think about 645. They finally stopped. I'm like, yes, finally. Mm-hmm. We'll get some relief. Then some old boy on a four-wheeler decides to run up and down the road. I'm like, oh, goodness sakes. What can go wrong now? Mm-hmm. Then he finally quit. He only did that a couple times. And I looked at my phone at six six fifty one, I think. I looked back up there at those does, and there's the, the eight-point. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> They're going to show up. Right. Holy cow. And him, I pulled my binoculars. He's 150 yards away. I'm like, I know that deer because I passed him last year and he had a, he's a distinct deer. He has a, his white patch just set of stopping at the base of his neck or right underneath his jaw. He goes all the way down to his brisket. I'm like, mm-hmm. that'd be a cool deer to see in a couple of years. And well, this year I seen him and I'm like, oh, wow. And his threes kick out real yeah. wide too. He has real nice threes. Yep. I'm like, I know that deer. And he got about, I don't know, 15 inches bigger maybe. Yeah. I'd and he's a, he's a three-year-old last year, four-year-old, which was my goal was two four-year-olds this mm-hmm. year. And all of a sudden, and that's when I decided, I'm going to shoot this deer if he comes by. And none of the deer had came around this point at this point. I'm like, so it's not going to happen tonight. Right. I'm going to figure out how somehow to slip out of here. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden, he's dinging around, then all of a sudden just makes a V-line for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there ain't no way he's coming. 
Sure enough, he keeps coming and coming. Yeah, because there were more Snapchats here. You sent us the picture of him standing out there. Yeah. And then the next one I got was like, hang on, he's coming, or something yeah. like that was the yeah, next you were message say, I got. Yeah, I think he was texting something. I seen the little emoji pop up. I'm like, hold that thought. Yeah. He's on his way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then he came right to me, and he got closer and closer, and I'm like, he's going to get right here on me. Mm-hmm. So I draw back, because he's within 20 yards at this point. I draw back slow and easy. Don't, he can't see me. He's looking at the sun still. He gets perfectly broadsided. And I'm like, Meh. he stops for just a second and then gets on going. I'm like, oh no, this is going to be, that's how he's going to go. Right. So I go, Meh. and he stopped good that time for just a second. So I rushed a shot because I knew he might might right. go again like he did the first time. Well, in the meantime, I did not realize how quarter two he was. I smoked this thing. Mm-hmm. I knew I did. Smoked him. Well, he circles around, hooks around, gets about 30 yards and just stands there and just tell he's hurt. Mm-hmm. And then I see my arrow fall out. I'm like, hang on, how come that thing's not over here? Right. Well, he works down into the, the holler that I'm sitting on, right. or the point I'm sitting on. And I don't know, five minutes go by, I just hear this crashing going on. I'm like, that must be him, but we're going to wait. Mm-hmm. And so I got good and dark. I think you called me after that, yep. that point. Yep. And we talked. I called Nate and told him because I was pumped. Yeah, but I was also discouraged because that thing didn't go down. Because after I thought it smoked you, right? So it's always when they stop and stand. Yeah, everything goes downhill real quick at that point. Yeah, because I've seen so many times where you shoot them, and even you might think you hit them good, but they stop and then they stand there. Yeah, and then they just they either take off walking or at a trot, and then never see them again. A lot of times. Yeah, I, I was mind boggled. I was like, mm-hmm. I know I smoked this thing. Mm-hmm. Like I hit exactly where I wanted to, but. So I got down, snuck down real quiet, got over there to my arrow, and I'm like, picked it up. I'm like, this thing is covered in crap and yeah. guts. And I'm like, I know I didn't hit that deer that bad, and I know he's broadside. Well, so we backed out. That was the longest sleepless night of my life. Mm-hmm. Well, I could say I think that, but probably wasn't. But it was a long <laughs> sleepless like night. Um, I caught a lot of people, talked to a lot of people, and they said, because at that point, I convinced myself that I didn't hit him that that good as I thought. Right. And like I, you do when you do something like that. Yeah. Happens, you like, start second-guessing yourself. Yeah. And, I think I had 10 different stories going on in my head at mm-hmm. that point. I'm like, I know I smoked this thing. Yep. I know I did. Well, we go out. It's me, you, and Witter. Mm-hmm. We went out there that morning. Uh, we're just creeping along, finding terrible blood. Like, it's not that great a blood trail. Um, We started where the arrow fell out. Yep. And when we got there, we actually, something just smelt funny. Yep. And I'm like, he's got to be dead up in there somewhere. And so we just followed the trail for, what, 30 minutes? And we only went, like, maybe that long. Yeah. Was it that long? 20 minutes? Probably 20. Yeah. We hadn't gone far, though. No. Because it was hard. Yeah. And. We probably were 20 yards inside the timber. Yeah. It was slow going. Just gut shot, blood trail. Right. Well. The landowner worked his way up because I told him about it. He worked his way up and was falling that ditch. I wish he wouldn't have because that would have been bad if he was still alive. <laughs> right. But we were about 20 yards from him, and he gets up there, and I asked him, hey, did you find anything? He said, he's right here. <laughs> yeah. And that's when the emotions came out, and I'm like, oh, thank there he uh-huh. goodness. We found him. Yep. And he has literally found himself a hole and dug himself into it. And Yep. That's all that crashing you heard, no doubt. Yeah, that was like him he- falling in there. 
<clears throat> it looked like from the blood trail, he got to that ditch or big ditch, almost mm-hmm. a creek. And he thought, I'm not jumping over that. I'm not going through it. And he turned back and that was it. And then he ended up in that hole, which was like basically a cutout. Mm-hmm. And again, that's on the fall pursuit. So if you guys listen and want to, like you're not really picturing what we're talking about, you'll see on episode one, the thing was literally in a hole. Like if it had been a little thicker than it was in there or even at night, all that was sticking up was his tines. Yeah, you if would you not have seen him. If we didn't ever get on good blood, it would have been so hard to find him. Yeah. Like, it would have been terrible. Yeah. Like, the only thing you that was out of the ground was his rack was holding him up. Yep. It was crazy. Never yeah. seen nothing like that yeah, I hadn't either. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. That whole recovery, just the way it all. Yeah. Like, and they t- ended up being, what, 60 yards from where you shot him? Yeah. 70? Like, he was dead before I got out of the tree, I bet you. Oh, yeah. But yep. the the arrow being covered in the guts, I'm like, it just threw me off. Yep. Yep. And I thought I did I did the right thing with by backing out. Yeah. That's what we were talking about in the blind earlier. Is like, if you shoot him, even if you, unless you just know. You see him fall. And you see him fall. Like, he's, if he's dead, he's going to be dead when you go back. Yeah. Give him a couple hours. Yeah, I have. Give him three I hours. I have a, I stand, or what I, what I do is if I don't see him fall, I'm giving him a minimum of three hours. Yeah. I mean, you might as well. Yeah. Because they're still, like I said. If, they're going to be dead. If they're dead at the first hour, they're going to be dead at hour three. Yep. They're unless, not getting up and leaving. Unless the arrow and the shot, or if you have it on video Indicates yeah. anything worse than three hour wait. Right. Give him a minimum of three hours. Yeah. Yep. If you don't see him go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a pretty safe rule. And you can kill three hours pretty easy. Like you're going to be antsy wanting to go get him, but like, yeah. Get your stuff down, go to the truck, call somebody, drive back to the house, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then go look for him. Go grab something to eat. Uh, but I, there's a lot of good stuff in there where you're talking about like, is a first year hunt, like you just got permission to hunt this thing. Yeah. I had, but. Bit- been on this ground one time, and yeah. that was then. And you went in, and and you were doing a hanging hunt, but you put your time in, even just from the truck, mm-hmm. scouting and knowing, having a pretty good idea where to go and where those deer were going to be. Yep. And it's not by accident that something like that happens on opening day. No. Like, obviously, there's a ton of luck involved. There always is. Oh, with me, there's always luck. There's got to be luck. <laughs> well, with me, there's a lot of luck, too. It's mostly bad. Yeah, I mean, that's usually my case, too, <laughs> but once in a while, there's a four-leaf clover. I got a uh-huh. horseshoe stuff some. Shove so far up, you know where. Yep. I hope it never falls out. <laughs> right. But uh, that's just, like like I'm saying, though, like you did the scouting, you put the time in beforehand, and you knew where to be, and you put yourself in the right position to have that happen. Yep. And that's I, that's what you got to do, especially on, you can apply that to private land, public land, permission land, mm-hmm. whatever it is, like you can apply that. And then <laughs> stick it out. Like if, yeah. if you got a plan... Even if you almost cut your finger off or you forget your saw or the farmer's over there making love to his tractor with a hammer, <laughs> you kind of just stick it out. I mean, it wasn't John Deere, so you probably was mad at it. <laughs> right. So that was the that was the first buck. Yep. Like I said, opening day, which is your first opening day buck, right? Yep. Like, I mean, I think I said it on the episode. Like, we're always so excited and there's a mm-hmm. lot of anticipation with opening day, but rarely do you kill one. Nate's on wife day. thought... I was absolutely nuts for going out there. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. they've been out there every day this week. I got to try it. You can't tell me that. I mean, you. I got to. You right. got to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you knew what you knew mm-hmm. about those deer and where they'd been. Yeah. And before we move on, that big 10-pointer that was after did not show up that night. Because if he'd right. been out there, I don't think I would have shot that 8-pointer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because he was a really nice deer. Yeah. He's yeah. A one almost 160. Yeah. And, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the deer you shot. Oh, 140-inch 8-pointer on opening day. 
yeah. at four year old eight pointer, I'm gonna shoot. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. got too much redneck in me to not <laughs> to let shoot. it go. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so fast forward now. Uh, you hunt hard for the month of October. Yeah. Um, you're getting pictures of some deer. Mm-hmm. You actually went in and hunted a morning. I forget which episode it was on, uh, but you'd had those bucks on a pretty good daylight pattern. Mm-hmm. Every three days. Yep, they were hitting a scrape on this field edge. Mm-hmm. So you went in there in the morning of the 14th, something yeah, 14th. like that? It was the 5th, 8th, 11th Yes, is when they were daylighting on this scrape. Yep, so you went on the 14th, which would have been the third day. Yep. No luck. No. But you, you knew the buck was there. Like yeah. It's a buck you'd seen from last year named mm-hmm. High Rise. Both of them was there. Yeah. That 10-pointer that I was going after opening day and High Rise was hitting this scrape. Yep. You knew they were in the area. Yes. And... So, again, you hunt hard all through October, and then November 3rd rolls around. Yeah. Correct? The 3rd. And take us through that hunt, because that was another crazy one in its own right, not only for what actually happened when you shot him, like how quick it all happened, but also that you were sitting there and... The conditions were terrible. Gale force winds. Yeah, I'm thinking, is there... I mean, is this tree going to take me out to Kansas or what? I just, it was hopefully. I mean, that's the best we can hope for. Oh yeah, drop I'm, us off somewhere in a yeah, uh, some no cedars. <laughs> That'd be great. We set the creek bottom. We, in we set the world on fire. Is what we're about to do. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, it was. I don't know. I think it was two thirty when I got in the tree. I think it was twenty mile an hour winds and forty mile an hour gusts. Like it I, was stupid windy. Yeah, it was crazy. And you were on the field edge. Yeah, and there was a. You're just eating it. Yeah, there was a half-mile open field from the south of me, so yeah. they had a good runaway to get up and build some speed. Yes. And so I was just sitting there eating it. Thankfully, it wasn't cold because I don't know if I could have done it. Yeah, I mean, that would have been brutal in the cold. Yeah, but see, I the last picture I've had of High Rise was in that food plot on the 22nd. Mm-hmm. Well, until I checked that, because that the camera that's on that plot is an SD card, but I checked it, and he was there the first of the, the daylighted the first, mm-hmm. daylighted the 22nd, and there's another day he daylighted in that plot. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And that was the first year for that plot. Yeah. And that was your Frosty Delight. Plot, yeah, that was Grandpa right? Ray's Frosty Delight. Yeah. That absolutely got destroyed it's by the It's been deer. hammered, and you got pictures of them. Yeah, there's 13, de- 13 does. In that food plot. At the same time. Yeah. And it's how big of a plot? A quarter acre. Yeah. I mean, it's destroyed. Yep. And there, I mean, obviously there's still some there that they're eating, which is a testament mm-hmm. to planting a good brassica blend, like the amount mm-hmm. of tonnage you can get per acre. And fertilizer. Yeah. I mean, that's a testament to that in its own right. The fact that there's even anything left, because what is left, I mean, is very sparse because they've just hammered it so Yeah, it's only like two, three inches across the plot. Yeah. And I, I mean, given we didn't get a ton of rain, so... Uh, yeah, I got a half inch over over all of September. Yeah, so it didn't reach its full potential, but even at, we'll call it a half or maybe not even half potential. Yeah. Like, it still produced enough forage that... It worked. It worked. Yeah. I mean, I that's did what, what It, it did what I wanted, I wanted it to. Exactly. So that food plot is what you were sitting on that night, yeah. right? Yeah. First year for this food plot, I put this food plot in to draw the does out of this cattle lot that's, I don't know, 100 yards, 150 yards away, that I, it, you can't hunt it. It's so open, they'll bust you. There's usually about, there has been this year about 20 does in that feedlot. Mm-hmm. My grandpa's not happy about it. It breaks the cattle fence like crazy, and yep. I hear about it all the time. Yep. But I'm going to take, take care of them now. Yeah. 
Now that you're done with the Bucks, you can go yeah, take care of some dough can, issues. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he can he can be happy for once, I mm-hmm. guess. But uh, now I'm sitting there and there's gale force winds just swaying back and forth thinking this is stupid because I still got 300 acres of corn around me that's still standing. I'm like, I know those deer in that corn just mm-hmm. like crazy. They got to be. Well, get in there tree about 2.30, 4.30, uh, 4 o'clock rolls around. I see some doe standing in that cattle lot. They're getting up and down, just m- m- milling around, watching them through the binoculars some. Uh, I'm watching the combine just down a uh, mile away, cut beans. I was just sitting there, just enjoying it, thinking I should be not in this tree. Down I'm somewhere out of the wind. Yeah, it's stupid. Right. I'm moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 4.30 rolls around, not expecting a deer to be anywhere near me, and all of a sudden I just hear some crashing into the food pot, which is to my left. Because mm-hmm. I'm right-handed, it's just perfect to, Right. on my left side. Well... I look out of the corner of my eye, I see it's a deer just come running in. I'm like, huh, interesting. Then I turned and looked, and it's high-rise, and I could not believe That's the one deer I wanted most this year. Mm-hmm. He's not the biggest scoring deer that I was at after, but right. he's the one that met the most in me. Mm-hmm. You uh, have history with him. Yeah, yeah. I had passed him four times last year. Mm-hmm. So, cause he I, did make a good jump. Yeah, he made an incredible jump. Like, yeah. he was 125-inch. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. Maybe. Mid-120s. Yeah, low-120s, mid-120s last yeah. year. And he grew up to be, blew up to 150-inch. Yeah, like on the 150 on some change, right? Yeah. Almost 150 on the dot. Yeah, just barely broke it. But, yeah, right. <laughs> he broke it. He broke it. And that's a jump That's a jump from three to four. Yeah. Which is, we talk about that all the time, like, Four years old, they say they reach 90% of their antler potential. Some of them yeah. will still make a big jump from four to five and even five to six, and mm-hmm. they all vary. But most of the time, you're going to see that biggest jump between three and four. I can promise you I was not going to bank on that. Right. I was not going to let that happen. Well, and that's another thing, too, we talk about. You know, when I when you're in certain, like, southeast Iowa, okay, mm-hmm. like, mature deer there, okay, five and a half. Like, there's going to yeah. be some around, right? There's not a giant behind every tree, but there's more mature deer there than a lot of other places. Probably mm-hmm. anywhere else in the whitetail range. I would, yep. I mean, yeah, it's just the way that. they manage the mindset up there where we're at a lot of places, a four and a half year old deer in my mind is a mature buck. Mm-hmm. I mean, of most For of the, where I'm at, it is. Yeah. You don't see, we don't see a ton of five and a half year old deer and you can pass the four year olds and try to get them into that age. But a lot of times, it just doesn't happen because there's not as much not as much effort put into that across the board. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is fine, but it's just the reality of it, which is why, you know, I talk about if you can kill a deer that's a year older than the average deer being killed where you're at, that's probably, I would call that a mature trophy. Mm-hmm. Because most of the deer, I'd say we average three and a half year old. It's yep. probably the average buck that's killed where we're at. In Iowa, maybe that's four and a half, so you're killing a five and a half year old buck. It just yep. it all depends on where you're at. Yeah. So definitely four and a half, hundred and fifty, like I'd, solid deer. Yeah. That I'm shooting that every time. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I'd call you crazy if you passed it, probably. I'm gonna call myself crazy. <laughs> right. But anyway, he gets into the plot and you immediately recognize him because he does have a really recognizable yeah. frame, hence yeah. the name. Yeah, his frame is his it, main beams come way up off his head. Yeah, it's crazy. And he has a G two that just it just sticks straight out back yep. for it, basically. I mean, yep. it's up, but it points back instead of straight up. Um, immediately thinking, I'm not going to say what I thought, but it, <laughs> you can, guys can imagine what I thought in my head. Yep. Um, so I gr- hurry up, stand up, grab my bow, 
I was immediate kill mode, so the footage, spoiler, <laughs> the kill shot is not on camera. Yeah, right. But I immediately grab my bow, get my hand on my release that's on the string, because I use a handheld release, mm-hmm. so I just leave it on the diddy loop. Right. He takes off, heading for that cattle pasture. I'm like, there was my chance. I just blew this, because I'm not paying attention, which you got to. Right. Um, He caught me with my pants down, but he takes off running, and I'm like, oh, no. And he's running, and I just draw back because I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and stop him with all my might. So right. he gets out there, and he gets, right before he gets to my opening, I just yell "Hey" as loud as I can because I right. know the old man ain't gonna work. <laughs> not in and, that wind. Not it with him ain't happening tonight. Yeah. So I yell "Hey" as loud as I can, and he heard it. It didn't spook him none. He just like, "What was that?" and turned around and stopped. Right. I mean, I'm like, "Yes, it worked," and. I use a single pin, and I have my pin set at 25. That's usually where I keep it when I'm hunting. Mm-hmm. And he was not at 25 no more, or 20, where he was broadside. Right. He was, when I ranged, after I shot, I ranged it, and he was at 34. Mm-hmm. So I aimed, I don't know, right at the spine, where a spine would be on a buck. Right. Is where I aimed. And I let her go. I didn't count for the wind. I should have, because that wind, yeah. that arrow was flying funky. I bet it was. But... It got it tucked right in that shoulder and yep. it got him good. And you I hammered could, him. Yeah, and he takes off. I immediately put my bow in the hanger, grab the camera, and as soon as I got recording, he is falling over. Mm-hmm. Got got and him. It's the first thing you see when you get the camera rolling is him yep. flopping over. Yep, <laughs> which is the best sight after you yes. shoot one. Such a relief because I honestly thought I did get the shoulder at first, but then as he's running, as I'm reaching for the camera, I'm watching him. Mm-hmm. Um, I see blood pumping. Yeah. I'm like, he's done. That's a good feeling. Like, then the emotions came on. <laughs> yep. Cause I couldn't, the emotions couldn't, I didn't have any built up pre-shot because yeah, it happened right? so fast. Well, which is sometimes a good thing. Yeah. For it certain really people, is. especially like if you can't, <laughs> if you can't get yourself to calm down and focus on the shot, if you have, if you're watching that buck come in for 10 minutes, you can get so worked up and be so wore out mm-hmm. that it comes time to make the shot and it's it, it's tough to do. Then you rush it. Yep. Yep. Whereas if it's just like, oh crap, there he is, mm-hmm. stop him, shoot, and then it all comes. Yeah, like, those stop and shoots, it comes natural from tons yep. and tons and tons of practice. That's why you gotta shoot. Summer. Yeah. Then it's just muscle memory. You're not mm-hmm. thinking about That's it. That's one hundred percent correct. Yep. And I shoot a lot. Yeah. Just for moments like that. Yep. Yep. But that's like you said, that's sometimes a good thing for sure. But anyway, you, he goes down, and then that's when all that stuff comes as, after the shot. You start getting worked up. Yeah, you guys need to watch the video because it's <laughs> – I'm not normally like that. That one was just extra special because that was the one deer I wanted that year more yep. than anything. Yep. That's the reason we do it right there is yeah. for that, that emotion, that r- adrenaline. That high. Yes, after you kill him, after you know he's dead, mm-hmm. or even just after an encounter with a really big buck. Yeah. Like you still get a certain – like a hit of that, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. You get that hitter. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> the one-hitter. I ain't the yeah. full blunt, but that's right. just the one-hitter. Right. But then when he goes down, like – Yeah. That's – yeah. Uh, it was You it can't was find that anywhere else. No. You really you, can't. People don't. Unless you experience and know what we're talking about, people will never know. Mm-hmm. So you said you don't watch baseball when we were talking in here earlier, but uh, those of you that do will probably recognize the name Josh Hader. He's a lefty reliever – Played for the Brewers for a while. Now he's out in San Diego. Big leaguer, he's been in the postseason, like, pitched in big games in front of tens of thousands of people, right? He's also got, like, a hunting show that he's kind of doing. I forget the name of it now. But I was listening to him on a podcast, 
and he was talking about it. And the guy, the host of the podcast asked him, he was like, so, cause he was talking about hunting, like, dude, this is crazy. You got to get out there and experience that you don't know till you get there. And the guy asked me, he's like, so what, what gets your adrenaline going more pitching in a big league game in front of 40,000 people or shooting a buck? And he was like, Oh, shooting a buck for sure. Like that's where he puts it. And that's a guy that's out there throwing in a big league game in front of thousands of people in a postseason, like everything on the line. That's your job. Mm-hmm. So much pressure. And he was like, Oh, shooting a buck is a top set. If he wants to donate donate his uh, yearly paycheck, I'll take it. <laughs> right. Right. I'll go to pitch for a But it's just bit. a test to what you're saying. Yeah. Like it's if you haven't ever done it, you, yeah. You cannot appreciate the feeling of of getting one down. Next best thing is watching a group of Canada's come in. Oh, yeah. That's number two. <laughs> Work in perfect. Yeah. Yep. And wreck them. Yep. <laughs> and just let it eat. Yeah. Yep. So he goes down. You got all the emotions and everything. And everybody will get to see that on the episode that's coming out tomorrow night. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But then you get over there to him. And, man, he looks good. He looks good. Ah, he looked better than I thought. Yep. Like I was, he was heavier than I thought. Based on yeah, the his frame was bigger than I thought. Yep. Um, I mean, beautiful deer. Yep. I could not believe it. And I finally got him, and I'm like, wow. I'm done for the year, and I'm so <laughs> glad it's on this deer. Right. Like this, like that's the deer I wanted. That's a whole other element to it too, is where you can shoot a deer that you don't know, and that's great. Like mm-hmm. same great emotional feeling. But when you, when it's a deer you know. And it's deer you put the food plot in for specifically, and you've been hunting yep. him, and you passed him last year. There's also, like, another element of achievement to that. Yeah. Not necessarily just the emotions of it, but, like, man, I did it. Like, yeah. this is what I set out to do. Yeah, that was the goal, that and you got it. That was my goal, and you achieved that goal. Yeah, I set, I think, two goal, the two main goals I set this year was to shoot, number one was to shoot him, mm-hmm. and the other one was to shoot another four-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I accomplished both of those, and I'm, I'm happy with how my year ended. Yep. And on November 3rd. Yeah. So it, you you got to hunt a little like bit of the rut. Two hours into my vacation. <laughs> right. Yeah. So this whole next week, I'm off, and I get to be cameraman. Yep. And I, I'm happy cameraman. about it. Yep. Except for Saturday, I'm going to go shoot some ducks. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, yeah, that'll be... That kind of leads us into what I was going to get into also is, like, this week. And Nate will make, I believe, his first appearance on tomorrow night's episode. Uh, you guys know Nate from the podcast, but he hasn't been on the show yet. He's going to hunt hard this week, I think. Get out there. He's got a couple good bucks that he's on that have been showing up in daylight. I know you're going to go run the camera for him a little bit Yep. here coming up this week while you're on vacation. He's got some days off. So hopefully we'll have some more deer getting down pretty soon. And I think I talked about it a little bit. The shed buck showed back up on the second, if I'm remembering right. In the morning of the second, like one thirty in the morning, so I know he's still around. I hadn't seen him since the twenty fourth. I got him. There's another shooter at the cabin that uh, was in daylight. He's been in daylight a couple times, so that's kind of where I'm going to spend as much time there as I can. Up at the North Farm, I got some shooters there too, but nothing like that shed buck. Mm-hmm. So I, we were talking about it in the blind earlier. Like I'm either gonna bust him out of there probably or i'm gonna kill him mm-hmm. like he is my goal for the year he's been my goal for the year since i yep. saw him last year and found a shed kind of like what you're talking about with high rise i would have killed him last year because i think he is five and a half this year but i never got the chance i got tons of pictures of him and that's the reason i put the new plot in mm-hmm. was for him yep 
and unfortunately we didn't get a lot of rain, so it didn't turn out great. But got enough there that they're coming into it. We saw that little buck picking through it tonight. I've had plenty of does in it. He's been in there once in the daylight. But it's going to be a matter of getting the right winds. And even if they're not perfect, like if the weather's good, I might go in there after him because sometimes right before gun season, you do got to get aggressive even if their wind is not 100%. Like Exactly. You got to get at it. Cause now, I'm not saying I'm going to go in there on like an exactly wrong wind. But no. If, if I got one where I think it's marginal. 50-50, he's going to come from a good direction. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll probably get in there and do it once we get into... The like teens. The, yes. Or even 11th, 12th. Yeah. Definitely teens, though. Because, man, he's just so... He was so daylight active last year. Mm-hmm. He's been daylight active this year. I, I, He's either... We said talked about this, too. He's either got a really small home range or he travels a bunch. Mm-hmm. So, I'd, I mean, they're going to bust him out of there. I'm going to kill him. Like, that's, that's my goal for this season the rest of the season going forwards. And I think this weekend could be really good. Uh, Thursday, I'm thinking Thursday is going to be a good day. Yep. I talked about it on, I believe, was it 101 or the last full draw Friday? I was I talked about the rut days. Yeah, you talked this last full draw Friday. I was think. it? Yeah. So I was kind of like talking if I had the days, like if you had the flexibility to take mm-hmm. off, like this Thursday, Friday would probably be the two days I'd take off. Oh, for sure. Or the Friday, Monday. That, that if you front couldn't get is that coming Thursday. in Thursday after the seventy-three to seventy-degree days we got in a row, almost eighty. Yep. I think, and this will be on the. I think I said it in the closing of tomorrow's episode, but like any time between the first and fifteenth that you can get a cold front, mm-hmm. man, that's you got to be out there. Yeah. You got to be out there anyway this time of year because you just never know. I'm, but if you get a cold front. You better be in the stand. If, yeah. you, if you can at all get out there. And one thing I was talking about on the last episode where I was mentioning that, even like now with time change, if you can get out for a couple of hours before work mm-hmm. and you got one you're wanting to kill or you're just needing to get out there, man, get out there and do it. Yep. Because it's the time of year that it could happen. The first hour, it could happen noon. It could happen 2 o'clock or the last hour. Like you just never know. Right yeah, now. mine was at 4.30 in the afternoon. Exactly. On a high 60-degree day and 20-mile-an-hour winds. Yep. And we're getting, like, in the next few days, don't be surprised if your trail cameras start showing, like, 11 to 1 movement, too. Mm-hmm. That one in the new spot that me and you went and hunted this morning. Yeah. You had some, you've had some young bucks moving there midday. Yeah. Already. Yep. And I'm thinking Thursday, you or Nate need to be in that spot. Yeah. I think it's going to be really. I mean, there's three shooters in there within two days, three days. Yeah, it's hot right now. Yeah. Like, in and last, it's just a matter of time for us daylight. Yeah. Last night, there was two bucks on one camera. Yep. That were shooters. Yep. Like, one of you guys need to be in there, and I'm <laughs> yeah. going to be right there, and we're going to get it done. Yep. Yeah, something's dying in that spot. If if, if we can get in there, mm-hmm. something's dying there. I mean, this spot just looks too good. It is. It connects those two bedding areas like you're talking about. It's a mm-hmm. big it's, funnel. It, it is like the epitome of a rut funnel. Yes. Between bedding areas. Like, I talked about that on one of the last, last, uh, last episodes as well, like different types of funnels and stuff. But, like, when you think of one and you're looking on a map, in the topography and stuff like that is where you're. That's where you're going. First year hunting, it and I cannot be more excited. Yeah, I don't care if I'm not the one with the bow in my hand. <laughs> right, I'm excited. To, like this morning when we were sitting in it, mm-hmm. I, like I was sitting there like any minute. We're one minute closer from one of these guys just making the mistake. And it's the kind of spot too where a, you are sitting all day if you get in there right. on the right day. I feel like and like you a need giant to. could show up. Yeah, like because there is tons and tons and tons of woods, both north and south. Like yeah. 
and lots of brushy, thick, yeah. nasty stuff. Oh, you know yeah. they use it in working through there. Mm-hmm. And that connects them both, which is what Yeah, I'm it connects about. everything. And it narrows everything down there with the ridges and with the the timber. It's just... I think the, yeah, the ridge is right there. I think it's 60 yards across. Yeah. And we're right in the middle of it. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's just a, could be a really dynamite spot. So I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of there. Because mm-hmm. like I said, it's the kind of spot, like kind of like the cabin where I was telling you today, at any time a 180 could walk through there. Oh, I'm confident a 180 is going to be walking through there one, like in right. the next two weeks. Yeah. 100% confident in it. Yep. If there's one around... Like, he's probably going to find himself in there at some point. Yeah. And I hope you or Nate is there. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I mean, all for it. Yep. Yep. That'd be awesome. We can get it on there and, and show everybody. So, you got anything else before we get out of here for this one? No. Um, I'm already starting to plan for next year. I got some crazy things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a four-year-old that I was excited for this year, but he, I found a shed last, last spring, and he didn't. He had to shed it off wrong. Mm-hmm. It, it broke off below his base like yeah. two inches, so that side did grow back funky this year. Um, he is a four year old. He's gonna be. Um, I haven't seen him. He's not been on pictures. Like him and High Rise were all over me last year. Yeah. This year, no. Yep. It's crazy. Like, well, except for High Rise was, and I just SD card problems. <laughs> right. Except cell cameras. Right. Um, but I I want him already bad next yeah. year because I know he's gonna like his body is blew up Mm -hmm. because he's trying to get healthy Mm -hmm. because something was wrong with him. I mean, that's why his shed came off wrong. So he put on a ton of body weight. And I feel like they say that the next year after they do that, they blow up. Yeah. the I might have talked about it on here a while back. The NDA did a study or had a deer, a a captivity deer, which sure it's in captivity, whatever. It's still in basically a high fence deer, right? Yeah. I mean, it's still a study. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's as close to wild as they're going to get while being able to study it. Mm-hmm. And they got bit by a rattlesnake at three years old, two years old. I think it was three years old. And it was just like a 120-inch deer, you know, mm-hmm. if that. And it blew up into like 180 inches after it healed up from that rattlesnake. Yeah, that's bite. what I want him to do. Yeah, I mean, it, it that thing, because it, it healed, and then all the excess this body was producing, mm-hmm. trying to get healthy— Went into its rack. Yeah, I want Which, that like, to Which, like what you're talking about, with that thing being big-bodied like that. That could happen. What it boils down to a lot of times with antler blown up is how much excess energy they have, how much mm-hmm. excess nutrients they're getting. Because first and foremost, they got to go to their body because mm-hmm. they're going to get run down during the rut. That's why sometimes you'll see bucks go downhill a little bit from four to five, or mm-hmm. they won't make a real big jump if you have too many does around because they're running themselves ragged through November. Yep. And then they got to spend December trying to build their body weight back up. Rather than if they're not running as hard, if you have less does for them to chase after during the rut, if they're already a bigger body deer and they're not using as much of their reserves, then they can spend December putting on fat and that energy, those nutrients are going to go build their body up and you're going to have excess to go in their antlers. And that, you know, like with your, that one being injured, you know, that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I, there's potential. He could be, he could blow up into something. Yeah. He, I do know he's live because I did get video of him. Mm-hmm. From a from a buddy that seen him tonight. Yeah, he is alive and he is chasing. Yep, and that that goofy side might be what gets him a pass from somebody. You just never yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I'm banking on it real yeah. big because I know what, I have an idea what he can blow. He's gonna be a giant eight pointer. Yep, yep, and I'm excited about it. That'd be awesome. I passed him a couple times last year in the hopes of him doing something this year, but it didn't happen. So he's got he automatically got the pass from me, but he gets it now because I don't have tags. Right. 
for sure. So it's gonna be hard to top this year. So maybe he'll blow into something so you can. I'm excited to make, try and top it, but if I right. don't, that's fine. But I'm gonna try. Yep. Well, hopefully someone else can get on the board this mm-hmm. week or next week for the show. That'll be good. So um, we're gonna try to get another guest on next week. I was kind of working around the guy schedule. We plan phone tag a little bit, so we'll get you somebody else on next week. Don't know who it'll be yet. If I get it in time, I'll put it in the Facebook group so you guys can ask some questions if you want to. But that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, that's kind of Blake's season. If you see anything on Fall Pursuit with me or Nate, he's probably behind the camera from now on if we're not self-filming. So uh, let us know how his video is going. But that'll work. We'll see you guys on Friday. Keep hunting, guys. <laughs>